0: Inside Out episode 8. Joining me today for a very special conversation is Rebecca Aidhill. Growing up in beautiful Sweden and making the solo move to Australia at only 18 years of age, Rebecca has been kicking goals since the day she arrived. Rebecca is building her empire with the support of her fiance who she shares two beautiful children with on the sunny central coast. She has a strong desire to empower women while sharing her juggles of motherhood and business on Instagram. She is motivated, goal-orientated, and such a positive energy. I absolutely loved connecting with her. In this episode, Rebecca shares how she learned to pivot her career and motherhood. She also opens up about her journey to health and tells us all about her growing businesses, how she started, and where she's landed. Rebecca has given so many takeaways in this conversation. I know you will be left feeling motivated and inspired. Rebecca, thanks so much for coming over today. I am so pumped that we have finally been able to connect in person. I have been following you for a little while on Instagram and I always feel so motivated and connected when I'm reading your content and watching your stories. I just love how honest and raw you are on social media. So I'm really excited to share this chat with you.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be
0: here. It's an absolute honour. Thanks so much. So good. Um, I would love to know how you've been going lately with all the changes in our society, restrictions for the business, park closures and whatnot. I know you're a mum of two little ones. How have you been traveling through all of this?
1: Yeah, um, it's been a very interesting start to the year. Um, first of all, well, I was meant to get married a couple of weeks ago. I'm oh in gosh. Bali.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So um, we had to postpone our wedding. Yeah. Um, it's been big changes in my businesses as well. Mm. So um, it's been it's it's been a lot. It's mm. been a lot on our plates, but um, I think we have adapted quite nicely to, to the changes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm really relieved things are finally being lifted and restrictions. Are got, things are starting to go back to normal. Mm. You know, children are returning to school. Um, and just the simple pleasures like meeting a friend at the park and watching your kids play. That I you know, know. I missed
1: that. Same. Yeah. There's so many things we've just taken for granted. Yes. And now we can just finally – even just a set down um, – at a cafe for breakfast last week (gasps) and I was like this is so nice (laughs) just to look around and just seeing people just doing the thing enjoying their coffee and just really yeah loved it yeah
0: Yeah. what is one thing you you feel like you've learned through COVID-19 that you wouldn't have learned otherwise
1: Um, probably um very good question so one thing that I feel especially with my businesses Mm. that I have learned to adapt and pivot mm-hmm. so I'm sure we'll talk about my work in a little bit but um given the majority of my clients are fitness owners yes um and they've all have had to shut so it's a uh, you know it's had a big impact on on my business yeah absolutely um, but really what I feel that it's what I've done is this um this adapting to to the changes and learning how to um coming up with new ways to I guess survive it like it's it's survival mode for most of yeah. us
0: yeah. yeah wow um for me I felt the diff- most difficult part was you know being disconnected from society I mm. found that to be quite a struggle and but on the other hand I also really loved how connected and present I became at home in family life did you feel yeah. that like how we had we had to be more present with our children and spend more time doing interactive things and we were running out of things to do. So we we're coming up with new ideas for activities. And yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm.
0: I think that um, the one thing that's been you know,
1: um, a positive for me is that I've worked from home for the past four years. So we have spent, you know, we're we, we already spending a lot of time at home. Mm. Um, but what I found like not being able to take your kids to the park or, you know, catching up with friends, like that has been really difficult. Mm. But what I found as, as a mother... I've just come up with this new ways of being creative and, you know, truly just being present with with my family.
0: Mm, I love that. Mm. So I want to know more about you growing up because you're not from Australia. You're from Sweden. I'm from Sweden. Yeah, so Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um,
1: I grew up in a small town um, in Sweden, Um, lived there um, up until I was 18. I bought a ticket... Australia and moved here when I was 18.
0: Amazing.
1: Yeah yep. so, so do uh, you have
0: any siblings at home or?
1: Yeah I've got an older brother uh, but he lives in the US. Okay. So he's in the US, mum and dad are back in Sweden, I'm yeah. in Australia so we just all spread out. Yeah. Um, you know mum and dad often get asked you know you know, how, how do you feel when your kids are so far away and there's like it's the best thing ever because we just gave them the confidence to go And we are so close as a family still, Mm -hmm. um, but we are so far away. And um, what I've found is that um, being – when you're so far away from your family, you sort of – you definitely don't take them for granted. So when we do catch up, every conversation we have and every dinner or every walk, I just love the time I have with them. Yeah. Where I feel like when you see – if they were to live around the corner from me, I think I would have just – you know, you don't have them deep conversations. You don't have
0: them, um, you know, deep chats that you would mm. when you catch up once or twice a year. Yeah, and you'd be so focused on creating such beautiful memories with them with the time you have too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, so um, so I
1: moved here when I was um, 18. So growing up, yeah, just from a very, very small town. I think it was 14,000. In the little town that I'm from, so super tiny. Um, And then um, I went to school. I went to dance school. Mm -hmm. So um, taught classical ballet, contemporary jazz, hip-hop, all the rest of it. So
0: um,
1: done a lot of dancing, been on stage a lot. Um, And then I just felt this small town is not for me. Um, So I just got a ticket and I moved.
0: I love that. Yeah. So I left Sweden at 18 and I read that you – walked into your first real estate interview in Australia with no experience (laughs) in real estate Um, you had a degree in dance is that right? That's right. Um, And you've been working in bars in Australia is that Mm. where you sort of started with employment here?
1: Yeah that's right.
0: Now the CEO of the real estate company asked you a question can you share a little bit about what happened next? Yeah
1: this is Oh, it's such a funny story. Um, <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, so my first couple of jobs in Australia, so I worked in bars and, you know, worked as a waitress and um, like, you know, most travellers do when they come out here, but then um, I've always been really interested in property and interior design. And so I sort of said to a friend, I said, I think I'm, I, I want to work in real estate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she said, well, you've got, you've got no experience. I said, I know. I said, but you've got to start somewhere, right? So I sent off an email um, to this real estate agency and I said please consider me this let me have a chat let me come in just for an interview and he got back to me about a week later and I said yeah come in we're looking for someone um, in leasing I said great so I went in and you know I pepped myself up and I walked into the <laughs> office and you know we, we got chatting he looked at my resume and he goes He goes, but Rebecca, you've got no real estate experience. He goes, why should I hire you? And I looked at him and I said, God, what do I say now? Hmm. He goes, you've worked in bars and um, you've danced your whole life. So this is absolutely, you know, you've come into an interview for a real estate job. And I said, that's right. He goes, so tell me, so why should I hire you? I said, you should hire me because I'm a dancer. And he sort of stopped and looked at me and he said, okay, this doesn't make sense (laughs) at all. Um, I said, you should hire me because I'm a dancer because that means that I'm a perfectionist. I have trained my butt off for every time I stood on that stage. I was given a choreography that I did not know and I trained and trained and trained until it was perfect. And that have just, I guess grounded me in a way to be like every task that I take on in life I train and I work so hard for it so whatever task you are going to give me I'm going to make sure I give it back to you perfect yeah and then I said and when we've had a really tough week on that Friday afternoon when everyone wants after work drinks I said I can <laughs> make a really good <laughs> cocktail sort That part, <laughs> yeah and he sort of looked at me and You know, we kind of just had that awkward, quiet moment. And he goes, okay. He goes, all righty then. Thanks so much. I'll I'll be in touch. I said, okay, great. I walked out to my friend who sat in the car outside. She goes, how'd you go? And I said, oh, I don't know. I kind of said to him that, you know, I'm a dancer and, you know, he should really hire me because I'm a perfectionist and I can make a really good cocktail. (laughs) And she goes, oh, no, what have you done? But three days later, he called back saying, I just love how you just back to yourself yeah and you just you were just so confident in your approach and he goes I just want you on my team
0: I just love that so much where did that confidence and ability to back yourself stem from do you think
1: I think I started working from a very early age I think I um I had my first job when I was 12 I think I started working at a cafe when I was 12 so I was I was pretty young um and coming out here to Australia, so I had just under $2,000 in my bank account. And um, there are a couple of um, situations that happened previous in my life and a couple of conversations that have made me just really work for the things that I want in life. Mm. And coming out here, I knew I had to survive. Yeah, And without a degree in my backpack and... You know, I did not have a big network of friends. You know, I sort of came out here solo. Um, So I I had to make a living for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you don't have, you know, um, a good school or education or whatever it might be, I said, I need to back myself here because I've got nothing else. Mm -hmm. I've got no one else around me to back me. I don't really know. There will be no referrals. There will be no, so it would just be me. So I just had, I just had to learn to back myself Mm. and it has, honestly, it's been one of the hardest and best things that
0: I have done for myself career-wise. Yeah. So now you're at a point in your life where you do have a couple of successful businesses in Australia, um, FitJack and TradeJack. Mm. I would love to hear all about this. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, um, after I, so I worked in real estate for a couple of years, I think it was three years and, um. I actually stumbled across a job for um, F45, F45 training when they first started out, yep. and I got a job for their head office. Cool. So um, I worked. Um, I came on board and um, worked at the um, as their franchise manager. Were there many studios at that point? No, there was right. only um, two open, and a third one was about to open. So okay. it was tiny, very very tiny. So I my was in
0: Newcastle for a couple of years. Loved oh it. really? Yeah, oh it, yep. how
1: good. Um, yep um yeah so it was it was really really tiny um and my job then was to making sure that each studio was performing um so i was their contact person so we would have you know certain kpis that they had to meet and um yeah. so i was just kind of just holding their hand yeah. and it got to the point where i was managing just under a hundred studios um and that you know happened in a year um they grew very very quickly they did didn't they um so i think i had about eight meetings a day um talking to a lot of franchises and you know they were all kind of had invested their life savings into this business and just wanted it to be successful yeah um so i had a lot of conversations where business owners were really overwhelmed they some of them were performing really well and some of them were really struggling Mm. to just wear the, you know, the six different hats that you need to wear as a business owner. Absolutely. But then they uh, decided to change my role. So I was managing the franchise inductions. So um, I had to hold their hands before they opened the studio. So I think I inducted about 350 franchisees globally.
0: Amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, But what I discovered while I was doing this induction so I pretty much trained them on you know how to run their business anything from the admin and back office to operations to marketing to the actual you know training itself Mm -hmm. after they left me after a week you know they just had to go out and do all of it on their own which will be so overwhelming especially if you haven't had a business before so a lot of people will call me up after the induction and said, "Rebecca, can you just help us with your social media? Could you just help us with the CRM system or with admin?" And I said, "Yeah, of course." They're like, We'll we'll, we'll pay you," um, and I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll, you know, of course I'll help you, mm. help them out." And then next induction came along, and I will have another, you know, three or four people that would ask me again, another three or four people, and I was like, "I'm, I'm getting really busy with this side <laughs> hustle now." Yeah. Um, so I ended up saying. I think it's my time to leave F45 and I loved you know, every minute of working there mm. but I just had this like feeling that I wanted to help these franchisees more mm-hmm. I said there is more for me to do for them um, and that's when I started FitJack so 2016 I started Fit Jack. Um, which is a business, so we provide uh, business services for Gmonus. So essentially, we run the back end of their business. Um, so the concept is that they train people, we do the back end. Yeah. So they can actually focus on what they're really good at. Yeah. So then we do the you know. Um, the marketing and admin and digital advertising and graphic design, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I started that four years ago Mm -hmm. um, and we grew quite quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So were you going out and pitching to franchisees or were they coming to you from recommendations from that F45 sort of?
1: Yeah, they were more coming to me. So obviously I had a pretty big network already. Mm -hmm. But once they found out that I'd gone out on my own, um, I also realised that it was such a need for it. So I did not even have to sell it.
0: Amazing. It was like
1: I just sort of said, I'm here. If you need me to do anything for you, just let me know. So it was an easy sell to sort of like in the way to just, I'm just here to make your life easier. And they went, perfect, I need yeah. you to do that, 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 so I can just focus on training people.
0: And I think so many gym owners um, coming new into the industry mm. now own like they often want this business to grow and really want to be successful and things but they're coming into it with one set of skills Mm. and they usually aren't and most people aren't you know business owners aren't good at everything in their business and Mm. we delegate and we learn what we're good at and then we give someone else the task to delegate and do the rest but for these gym owners I think that you know they Can't do it all, Mm -hmm. and they think they can when they sometimes they start out, and so it's amazing that you've got that, you know, I guess product where you can service every need of their business, and they can do what they're good at. Yeah, absolutely, and just having it like a one-stop
1: shop, so they don't have to say, where do I find a really good graphic designer, and where do I find someone that's really good Mm -hmm. at social media marketing, and where do I find someone that's good at sales or admin, or you know, there are so many kind of skills there. Yes, where they can just come to us, and we have all those skills available to them. So it just that. it saves them a lot of time
0: yeah I love that love that concept
1: yeah um and then so obviously I've had that for just over four years now and at the start of last year um I obviously since relocating from Sydney up to to the coast mm-hmm. um my husband got a lot of um you know tradie friends and I said they are just in the same boat yes they are very good on the tools, your electricians and plumbers, and um, but 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 they're not very good sometimes to t- on the well, business on side on of social banks. media or yeah yep. yeah yeah. Hmm. Um, and I was like, this is such a gap in the market again. I just need to, and I want to make sure that the people that we work with, I just want to specialize in their field. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just working with with anyone. Um, so I want, just want to make sure that I just cater for for a particular niche, yep. and that's when we started Trade Jack. So we've been running that for the past yeah year and a half now.
0: Wow, mm. what's your end goal with Fit Jack and Trade Jack? Oh, um,
1: I would love. So one thing that I've learned when having these two businesses, Fit Jack and Trade Jack, uh, you know. Two, you know, very good names like Jack of All Trades. Yes. Um like it. Yeah. it's
0: a good spin-off. I really like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I know, right? They're like, who's Jack? And I was like, Jack of All Trades.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but what I found is that the people still buy from Rebecca. Mm. And I feel like this is the difference between having a business and a brand. So I've got two logos, one for Fit Jack and one for Trade Jack, but people are still buying from Rebecca. Yes. Um, so I feel that what I would love is to have the freedom of choosing when I would like to work and I'm slowly getting there. Yep. We all know that running your own business is, it's, it's a tough gig. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but being able to, first of all, like putting my clients first and making sure that they run successful businesses to be like, I was there. Mm. I, you know, was there on their journey and I follow them every step of the way. I would love for that to happen. But then I would also love to expand my team further. Um,
0: Yeah. That would give you some flexibility at home and with the kids as well. Yeah,
1: I think so. And that was one thing that was so important to me, to being able to work from anywhere in the world. Especially having my brother over in the US, mum and dad in Sweden um and now being a mother of two I said I can't go into an office and work with someone else nine to five it's it's not going to suit my lifestyle yeah so I said I need a job where I can work from anywhere in the world and still run two successful businesses
0: Yep. Amazing, we're mm. doing amazing things with them, so it's so exciting. Thank I'm so excited you. Excited to see where they're at in another four years. Like I know. Four years is such a short period of time, and you've accomplished so much. Yes, so mm. it's exciting to see where you'll be in 2024. I think it'll be. Oh my oh, god. No. Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like Rebecca, you're someone that has found that balance between hustle and health. You know, you're so driven and successful in your business ventures, but yet have the ability to slow down. And you do speak about um, on Instagram how important it is being a mum and being a present mum with mm. your kids and you know i've really found it hard myself to find that ste- steady balance between my family my work my passion and then there's making time for myself mm. what steps have you put into practice to pivot your working life to balance out your home life yeah i think i used to be really really bad at
1: it which really um pushed me to make some changes and I think when you are working from home, you never really um, switch off. You know, I'd wake up every morning, and I'll check my emails and I'll just, you know, work on the fly. And because you, you're just on. Yep. And, you know, the kids want my attention, Brody wants my attention. And like, I was just, I was just running thin. Yeah. Never taking any time out for myself. And I was just a hot mess. And I was like, but this is not what it's meant to be like, to be a mother or running your own business. And I said, I'm, I'm not truly enjoying this. Like, I'm just running so thin at the moment. So that's when I had – and I'm very, very lucky that I have a very supportive husband. Mm. Um, that would be the number one thing that I'd say, to making sure you have a good support network around you. Because yes. without him, um, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. So he has had to make some changes within his career – to being able to support me Mm -hmm. Um, but what I found the one thing that I had to do was to decide exactly when I work and when I'm a mum so Tuesdays for example so on Monday is um, Brody's day with the kids I work on Tuesdays I'm purely a mum And there was for a few months I was sort of trying to do both, just squeeze in some work and then still be with the kids. But what I found, I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying work. I started to get frustrated and the kids, you know, were chucking tantrums, you know, every five minutes. And I was like, this needs to stop. So whatever I'm doing, I just need to do that 100%. Yes. And I feel once I start to have that structure in place, I was uh, like, my stress, gone. You know, my energy level increased, my patience increased, my focus increased. Mm -hmm. Like it was such a – like so many small changes that made such a huge difference. So we will sit down and we will just – I know exactly what our weeks look like in terms of work, you know, life balance. But before when we didn't have that, we were sort of just trying to work on the fly. Okay, you take the kids now. And I said, it's not going to work. So just having that structure in place, knowing exactly when to work, when to be a mum, when
0: it's family time, that's been a life changer for us. Yeah, I really love that. Mm. definitely think that I need to inject that into my yes. day-to-day because, like, it's so hard to t- trying to send an email and you've got a one-year-old screaming at your feet. Yeah. And then you stop and then you go back and then you stop and, you know, back and forth and it feels like with every task that you have for the day, that's what's happening. You're always interrupted and yes. yeah, it's so difficult. Yeah, definitely. I want to digress into sharing something that is quite a sensitive topic. Um, I think that you and I were talking before and you know that I am passionate in sharing this conversation because Mm. I really feel for young girls and women – in our society today that we have so much more opportunity for comparison and struggles with self-image and we have emotional triggers in our faces every day with the help of social media being so much more present mm. um you shared on social media a little while ago that when you were younger you did battle with overcoming an eating disorder mm. i would love to hear more about your journey with your health yeah
1: and do you know what's really interesting chris I have, for the 10 years I've been in Australia, I've never spoken about this. Oh, wow. Ever. Wow. Mm, so, okay, um, the post that I did on social media was the first time I've ever mentioned it since I've moved here. Wow. Um, so, but I'm really excited. And I'm so ready to talk about it. Yeah. Well, thank
0: you so much for sharing. It's incredibly oh, brave you, that you're talking yeah, to you me about so it. you um, so welcome. Um,
1: so, what happened, I think, and I've obviously done... A lot of work and reflection you know on those years in my life Um, my parents separated when i was 12 uh, which was a really tough time for everyone in our family and you know being 12 years old is a very sensitive age as you know a young woman yes um but my older brother um, developed a really bad depression after they had gone through the separation and I feel like I've always been this person in my family. I've, I've felt that I need to hold everything together in a sense. Yep. Um, just taken on, and that responsibility was never put on me. I put that on myself. That I just felt that I always wanted to make situations better or make people feel better. And, and when I saw, and I'm very close to my brother, and when I saw him go through this depression, I felt this sense that I lost control and, you know, I saw my mum really upset and my dad was upset and, you know, life was messy and I was going through a lot of changes in my own body at that time. Mm -hmm. So um, from that time and especially seeing my brother so unwell, I was trying to control the things in my life that I could control. Mm -hmm. So from that, I developed like a really bad OCD so everything in my house had to be clean my room I had to have things in a particular way and you know I could only walk a certain way when I went to school like it was um, my life got controlled by this but I felt that my world was falling apart and by having all these like systems and rules in place that was just the way I was kind of coping Mm. Um, and from then I started to think about what food do I put in my body and making sure, like, just that controlling yes. behaviour. Yep. Um, and from then, I, yeah, developed a, a, a pretty bad eating disorder. Mm. Um, so from when I was about 14 onwards, um, yeah, I was really, really sick. So Wow. Mm, wow. And it took me a few years, so I was in and out of hospital, you know, I, will, I remember this one time I was at the shops with my dad and I just collapsed in the middle of a shopping centre and like my body just I was far from coping and it was really hard on, you know, my friends and my family and of course myself. Um, so I was in and out of hospital and, you know, speaking to a lot of therapists and um, psychologists and I sort of managed, it, it took a few years, but just before I moved here, I would say that I was 100% healthy again, but it was four or five years where I was really, really unwell.
0: What do you feel like um, gave you the emotional freedom to overcome it? Was there something in particular that just went, one day you just went, I don't want to do this anymore? Or
1: Yeah, there's... um. It's a very distinct moment in my life where I was um, on a school bus. Um, it was middle of winter. It was about minus twenty in Sweden. I was walking to school, and I just jumped off the bus. and I remember running late for this class, and I remember walking as fast as I could. So I was in my mind, I was power walking, but then I could just see all of these people around me. They were just cruising along, and all of them were just walked past me. And I was struggling, thinking in my mind that I was power walking to hurry up to this class. I was like, I am so weak. I am so weak, I cannot even walk faster than these people and I am rushing. Wow. And when that moment hit me, I was like, I need to change.
0: How old were you then?
1: Um, 18. Just, yeah. Yeah, start of,
0: yeah, I just turned 18. Amazing. Mm amazing and like you've come so far since obviously then and you know only yeah. only being you know realistically it wasn't that long ago yeah but that pivotal moment where it just all went this is not for me anymore yeah definitely Incredible. and and
1: I think um moving here as well was you know a really good decision for me because I could sort of start fresh yes where a lot of people in you know my friendship circle in Sweden they you know most likely will see me as the girl with eating disorder. Yeah. Um, Not that I was known for that, but my closest sort of friends and family, they all kind of knew where when I came out here, there was never a conversation and, you know, I never felt that people looked at me when I ate my food or it was sort of just a fresh start. Mm. Um, And it's been, you know, really nice in a way that I just, I haven't had to have those conversations really. It's Mm. only very few people in Australia that knows about it. Mm. Um, but I guess the more um you know when I have you know I don't have a huge online presence, but you know I, I do show up online every day, and especially since having my daughter, I sort of felt that I have this responsibility of of sharing my journey, but it's taken me a while to get there
0: mm, definitely, and I think you know. We do have little women watching us so closely and Mm. we might not realise how much they will mirror our behaviours in the future but they will and they pick up on the smallest of things, you know, like the way that we speak to ourselves is one of the biggest impacts I believe that our kids
1: have and
0: watch and absorb right now, Um, even from an age where they can't even speak, like Mm. when they can speak they eventually start to absorb the things that you've been saying. Yeah. Um, a few months ago, I really noticed my eldest stepdaughter speaking to herself when she'd make a mistake, big or small. She would reference herself by calling herself a name, like stupid or I'm being an idiot or, you know, really put herself mm. down and she meant it, like she would convictingly say it. And I'm now really focusing on correcting her and in those moments being like, that's not okay to speak to yourself that way, you know. Yeah. And I noticed myself... Now when I say things like that as well in front of my children, like I call myself something, call call myself down. Yeah. It's just so important that we're doing this, you know, spreading Mm -hmm. kindness for ourselves on our kids. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: For our kids but also, um, you know, for ourselves as well. That Mm. it's like we really need to fix ourselves. Like I feel that we, um, like we, especially as women, like we are so tough on ourselves, like – being a mother of two, you know, you're running your businesses, you want to look good, you want to feel good, you want to be the social butterfly, you just want to do it all. And I just feel like we just continue to just like beat ourselves up for just for the
0: smallest things yeah, in life. We do, yeah. And it's not what it's about. It's really not. I think it's so amazing that you came out to Australia at that ripe age and having gone through what you went through, it's obvious that you would have done so much work in mm. those four, you know, four or five years, with psychologists and, and the mm. resources that you had to support you, and you really, really worked hard to get where you had to be, and to come out here on your own and start this new life. It's it's just amazing. You should mm. be so proud of yourself. Oh, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, That's of really course. Mm. Um, something else that I know uh, did take a toll on your mental wellness is that you were subject to some online bullying. And I love that you shared this, be- and I think it's really admirable that you didn't. When you shared it, you wrote that you didn't allow these people to control you, and you took the situation into your own hands and took action that wasn't retaliating or harboring hate towards people. Can you yeah. share a little bit on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually um, the first time that I've experienced this, and it's you know very very recent. So um, you know there's. There's certainly someone that's, you know, out there and, you know, trying trying to get me and trying to get in my head. And, um, you know, when I was sort of first exposed to it, um, I was sort of questioning and, you know, I was reading into the stuff that they said and, you know, I am probably ugly and, you know, maybe I'm not smart and maybe I am stupid, maybe I am selfish, maybe I am self-absorbed, maybe I'm not a good mother and, you know, the list goes on and, like, you know, this – particular person have just said the most horrible things and it's just i said i'm you know waking up and seeing you know comments and emails and all the rest of it on you know almost a daily basis it's definitely going to have an effect on on me and you know my husband because i'm reading other emails to him and he goes well why would people say this about you and i said Mm -hmm. i don't understand Mm. but then it sort of got to the point where it's like i have not you know put any fuel to the fire I have not responded to anything and I was like that is the one thing I can say never respond to anything because of course they would want a reaction out of you the second thing I sort of had to tell myself is can you imagine spending so much time trying to ruin someone else's life versus then trying to spending all that time to bettering your own can you just imagine what a beautiful life this particular person would live if they just decided to just go back to themselves and focus on themselves? Like all that time, spending so much time writing all these emails and messaging and writing comments and creating different you know, Instagram profiles or whatever it might be, I said just take all of that energy and just put that into yourself and once I sort of started with that mindset, I just felt sorry for them mm. and I can't – like I'm going to continue to show up and I don't share everything in my life. Of course I'm not. Like I I use the platform to share, you know, some some beautiful and some raw and some honest, you know, moments of my life but it's a very small, um, you know, time of yeah, my life yeah, that I do share a yeah, percentage of what, of what I share. Yeah. Um, so for someone to, I guess, have such a strong opinion um, – it's 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 more just a reflection of them it really is um but online bullying is i understand that that it will get people so down i don't think that like when it comes to this i have a very strong mindset when it like i've i feel like i've dealt with it like in a really good way Mm. and i almost feel like you know quite empowered to just like keep showing up and showing up for you know my fellow sisters out there to be like don't let this person you know stop me or holding back and because I can't let them win. No. And it kind of just fired me up even more to just keep keep showing up in a sense and just continue to be me. Um, but it happens. It happens a lot. And it it has to stop. And I was really hesitant if I wanted to share it on my page. But then, I, again, I feel like I have a responsibility and just saying this happens yes. a lot. And I feel like a lot of people don't deal with it well.
0: Yes. And I feel like even if just one person saw that message and got something from that, that's absolutely, all that matters. Absolutely. If one young girl cruised across your page and saw that and yeah. were like, Hey, this beautiful woman with this beautiful life, experience what I'm experiencing and if that can just resonate with one person, then it's also worth it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that would be that would be my goal. Mm-hmm. So
1: and I'll probably keep, you know, sharing some um, you know, parts of, you know, what's been said. Mm-hmm. Just to show people how how narcissistic people can be.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, It's such a reflection of that person's character. Um, I recently experienced something where I feel that someone intentionally made choices in the hope that their decision would negatively impact me. And something that I always tell myself is hurt people People. Mm. Um, And I really think that if you're genuinely happy with your life and yourself, you would never be interested in negatively impacting mine. And that really allows me to look at the people that are harboring hatred or negative energy towards me or anyone that I know. And I just I feel sad for them. And you know, their lives just must be so sad. Yeah. I must be so miserable. I
1: know. Like a part of me just want to (laughs) like. like whoever it is I just want to meet up with them and give them a big hug to be like it's gonna be okay yeah you won't always feel
0: so much hate in your body yeah absolutely I was um reading a social media influencers post once where she did she posted what she'd been sent from this woman and this woman had wasn't a you know private page with no photo and no comments or anything on there she was a mum and a a woman like she was a real person and she normally didn't retaliate to this sort of like nasty online bullying but she actually sent her a message and was like I'm sorry that you are so sad and I'm sorry that your life must be really hard at the moment that you felt that you needed to put me down and make me feel a certain way I just want to give you love and I just want to say I'm here if you need someone to talk to and it was interesting because that woman eventually responded she's like I am so sorry for what I said to you. Wow, That wasn't okay and I can't believe I did that. I was in such a sad space and headspace and thank you for oh, showing up and thank wow. you for that message. Um, and I think that's that special. Is unreal, Giving yeah. love to somebody that gives you nastiness or hatred. Yes,
1: I know. And Give that's what love. I to do. Absolutely. And just by like don't – whoever has been exposed to it, like don't hold it to yourself. Like, mm. like you know,
0: put it out there. Because it's just – and continue to show up and show people love. Absolutely. When the businesses are in their thriving mode, so, you know, the hustle and everything is, is going crazy for you in business life and you're under the pump with mum life as well, what is something that you've put into practice that is a non-negotiable in terms of your self-care and taking care of you? Mm. So um, – a couple of
1: things has been really important to me. Um, I guess when when you're a business owner and don't have, especially working remotely, you don't have like a huge team of people around you and that you can you know communicate with. And like I'm you know essentially the boss, so I'm the one that's making all the decisions. I'm you know, yeah. and I'm the one that you know have all the pep talks with people, and not often the other way around. Mm. And when I'm a mother, you know. My kids don't give me too many pep talks, you know. <laughs> to no. you know, in, in, in other ways oh, they do, but um, yeah. not the kind of you know, probably the, the the level that we need sometimes. So, um, one thing that is really big for me, um, is communication, mm-hmm. letting things off my chest, and I'm very blessed to being able to communicate with my husband really, really well. So we often talk, but what I do before we speak is, and this might, might be selfish, but it really works for us. I let him know what I want out of the conversation, like obviously not every time, but when I need something off my chest, mm-hmm. I can just sort of say to him, I don't want your opinion. I don't want a solution. I just want to talk to you. Yeah. So then he will kind of go into this, you know, he would know exactly, okay, I'm just going to sit here and nod and just let her have her moment.
0: I love that because he knows what hat to wear for you. He knows yes. how you need him to show up for you in that moment. That's Awesome. I love it. Is that.
1: because if he then would have jumped in and given me a um, you know, suggestion or how I should solve the problem, I'll probably be even more triggered and be like, How dare you say yeah. something? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I feel like just having that communication with, you know, your partner or with a friend, like that is a form of self care for me because otherwise I'm too much in my head. So mm. talking, talking, talking is yeah. such um such a blessing and it's so 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 important for me love that um the second thing um it's just to you know staying in tune with my body um i guess because i've obviously you know i've had my eating disorder and like even you know a few years when i worked at f45 i used to train you know over 10 times a week like a lot Used to train a lot and I used to count my calories and I used to do it like the, you know, the, I wasn't healthy mm. and I also did not listen into my body. Mm. So, what I found is like, you know, I would wake up in the morning and I sort of say, how do I feel today? What do I need today? How do I, you know, fuel my body today? And, and, you know, that can mean rest, you know, that can mean going for a walk, that can mean, you know, getting into work or listening to good music. Like, it's not, um, essentially like, I need to exercise three times a week. It's yeah. not that for me anymore. It's more just like making sure I take the time out to check in on my body.
0: I love that. I love how in tune you are with your emotional frequency and mm. it must have taken some work in terms of becoming really self-aware to yeah. be able to get to this time where you're so yeah, in tune with your body and your mindset. Yeah, for sure. Incredible.
1: And your mindset is everything
0: isn't it like even just how
1: we got through you know the challenging times with you know COVID at the moment Mm -hmm. I've had some really interesting conversations over the past few months where some people are um, you know feeling you know really you know quite empowered as a business owner and you know they would just they've gone to get a business coach and you know they're working on strategy and like implementing new things and just taking this you know time where I feel like the world is kind of on pause to really just, like, utilise this time to, like, when things are back to normal, we're ready to go. Yeah. Where others are really overwhelmed and, you know, they feel like, you know, why is this happening to me? Why has my business stopped? And, you know, they are kind of on pause with the world.
0: Mm, And the negative part with mindset and COVID was that it resurfaced a lot of emotions like mm. anxiety and being overwhelmed and that loss of control and all yeah. those fears and all those you know mental emotions that we've pushed down or we've been able to hide have resurfaced in this time for a lot of people as well so yeah. there's definitely that positive where everyone had time and you know you get yeah, things definitely. done and you can give energy to the things in your life that you've been meaning to give energy to but mm. then it was also you know the surface of loss of control
1: yeah definitely what what do i do
0: yeah Yeah, for sure
1: and i don't think you just wake up one day to be like i've got a strong mindset and i'm ready to take on the world (laughs) you know we all kind of go through moments where we have you know feeling really overwhelmed and feeling really down and lack of motivation like we're feeling all of those things but for me if i just recognize when i'm feeling those things and finding out why i'm feeling that way and how i can come up with this you know with a solution to fix it I feel like I just get through things a lot
0: easier Mm. and quicker do you have any um like self-care practices in terms of mindset like meditation or reading or do you do anything in particular that works for you um I used to um
1: meditate a lot um a dear friend Soleil um got me into meditation a few years back and we used to meditate twice, twice a day. Amazing. Um, but I must say that has not happened since I became a mother. <laughs> um hard, isn't it? Yeah, just to take that time. And, I, you know, I, w- I would love to be able to say, you know, I do all of these things, but, but, but I don't. But sometimes what i found is that a 20-minute walk and a podcast can, like, do me a world of good. Mm. There's something so simple of just taking a step back and especially like when, you know, my beautiful chaos at home with the kids and, you know, there's so much happening, you're living so, you know, in the mess, <laughs> if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you just need to like distance yourself and mm. just take that walk, catch up with that friend and like – Just listen, reset. Yeah, just simple things. Reset, yeah. Yep. And not and
0: overcomplicate I, it too.
1: Yeah. And I do a lot of writing I love to and that was a big part of the way I um, got through my eating disorder as well because I found it really difficult to when I sat there with my therapist, she goes, So tell me what's happening in your body and when you decide to, you know, make these, you know, decisions that might not be so good for you. And, you know, and I, I really struggled to tell her there and then. Um, but so what I started to do, so when I had, you know, an episode or when I wasn't very kind to myself. I started to write down the emotions, you know, and everything that was going through my mind and my body at the time. So I went back to my therapist and she goes, so tell me. I said, can I just read something to you and maybe this will just explain how I'm feeling a little bit better. So I started reading um, and this is probably like after two years of, of seeing the same woman. And so I just started reading and I sort of looked up and my therapist is crying because she was like, Oh, my gosh. She's like, I just – I get it. Yeah. She's like, I get it. And she's like, you've never been able to express yourself this way ever. But what I feel is, like, when you are triggered and when you, like, have so many emotions running through your body, just by, like, getting them out. Yeah. So writing has been um, really, really good for me.
0: That's amazing that you found putting, you know, pen to paper as an outlet and ther- so therapeutic for you. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. I love that. I love journaling. So, oh, do you? Yeah, I definitely need to get better at it and, yeah. and do it more frequently. But mm. I do do love journaling when I'm in the practice and in the habit of it. It's oh, good. Enjoyed. I have one final question for you today, and that is a question that I just love hearing the answers mm. on. Um, What is one thing, just one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Oh, um,
1: I would probably say be strong, keep backing yourself, you've got this, you were not put on this planet to please everyone, be kind and, and keep showing yourself love and others. Oh my
0: goodness, I love that so much. Absolutely love that. Mm. I know so many people, Rebecca, in our communities will have resonated with this conversation. You are such a motivating and empowering energy to sit down with. And you've given some great takeaways in this chat. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you. For anyone that would like to connect with you, where can they
1: find you? Oh, oh, that's real exciting. I would love to connect with some new people. Um, they can find me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca underscore Adi Hill. Um will probably be the best way. Send me a DM and
0: yeah. And you can chat. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you
1: for having me. You're awesome. doing amazing things. So keep it up. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.